0: Hi, this is Liam Sharp. I'm the artist on the recent Green Lantern run with Grant Morrison and Batman Raptilian with Goth Ennis. I'm here talking about 11 o'clock comics. Have a good time.
1: Cheers.
2: Duly noted. It's one for the books. Road town. Did you hear me? I
0: did. You heard me right I that was, time? I was I was I was shaking my head about it, but if it
2: works for you. We're no here. no. <laughs> Let the talent do their thing. I'll pick up this slack, slack on the back end. <gasps> yeah. Seems like two years since we've done we've done this. <laughs> it does. Yeah.
0: What's that extra day? I mean, it's a good flow, you know, when you when, when you get it every Wednesday, and then someone has to re- reorganize the whole schedule, and it, it just, it, it just, it does, it feels like it's longer than just a week and a day.
2: Right. And we hope we haven't been keeping you waiting very long, because this is 11 O'Clock Comics Episode 796. You know what I'm going to say, right? so close to the end and i'm vince b you
1: are vince b i am david a price indeed you are and i'm back in town i'm ethan reckless
2: oh wow way to stretch there reed (laughs) (laughs) uh, oh it's on the edge of my seat you almost
1: just you almost just goaded me into a spoiler nah
2: well, a Fantastic Four spoiler or, or a Reckless spoiler? I'm not can't I can't elaborate because then I'll, it'll be a spoiler. So this is true, but I wouldn't be concerned with a Fantastic Four spoiler.
1: This it might not be, but our throngs of listeners might. Yes, so I'm not gonna, yes, yeah. they they will. But
2: you're not, Ethan Wood. <laughs> you're Jason Wood. Not. <laughs> yeah, Ethan reckless. reckless. You're Jason Wood. Everybody here today on this episode where we're just going to take it's an impromptu three in one it's not a book of the month it could be but we have all read that book that jason's talking about and we're going to tell you about it but first we'd like to remind you just who's responsible for this whole mess if fingers must be pointed you can wiggle them at our patrons because they are the people that make all of this possible patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe they are there for us every month they elevate all of the stuff that you guys get they make happen and we give back we like to think we we give back we give audio each month you'll get a three plus hour behind the scenes podcast i guess you can call it it's just an audio file really don't don't put lipstick on a pig um, where we just, the stuff that happens before and after the episodes with us and with guests, they get to hear that. They get covers and pages, images galore. They get polls and book of the month access. You get to vote on it if you're a patron. And they just get a whole bunch of stuff. But as I always say, the, the best of the bunch is the dedicated Slack channel where we talk to them. They talk to us every day. 24 hours a day. It's it's just a, an instant pipeline to anything EOC. And it goes both ways. <clears throat> so if you would like to see what the fuss is about, go to patreon.com forward slash... There, I said it. 11 o'clock comics, 1-1, one, one, no apostrophe. Take a look around. If you like the landscape, we'll build you a foundation.
1: How about that? Look at you. Yep. It's like you've been doing this
2: a couple times, two, three times. Well it's it's the one way to cherry pick your neighbors right can't do it in the real world but uh we can do it well we can't really cherry pick them because if they sign up to be a patron you know they're in but True. i mean they, we could
1: always move to them the, the refund and say, we don't want to be we don't want to be a patron
2: that has happened
1: it has happened
2: yeah that has happened
1: <laughs> that that went from, <laughs> that went from we were his like we were we were that person's favorite people on the planet to some of their his least favorite people in like in the twenty four hour period.
2: Yeah, story of my life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh because it's a special day, any recording day is a special day, I have wine. Nice. Yeah, um I'm finishing off the nineteen crimes uprising, and then I have another bottle of just plain nineteen crimes that David and I can't decipher what exactly it is, but it's just nineteen crimes. I like it. <laughs> it's cheap and like tasteful, like, like me. Yes, ah, uh, it's true. Well,
1: it is. Uh, you know, listen, we're we're at the end days. Capitalism, as a concept, is uh, eroding before our eyes. Uh, everything I, of value is losing value every day. So I'm having wine uh, too.
2: Nice. Oh I wish God. I could disagree with you. But yeah, nah, yeah, I'm
1: nah, just keeping it keeping it real, keeping it 100. Uh, so I'm having uh, it's new, it's a brand uh, new for me, I guess. It's not new, obviously, but uh, it's it's new, a new wine in the uh Casa de Wood. Uh, it is uh Casa Natal, like N A T A, I like Natal, like birth. Uh, it is an Argentinian Malbec, uh, and it's very nice. I, I gotta credit my wife, she she uh picked this up. It's a uh, 93 on the Wine Spectator for those playing at home but it's really good. No idea how much it cost cuz like I said my wife bought it but it's really good. Nice. You should always give credit to that woman. Oh, hell yeah. She just had a birthday. Well, both Dap and I our lovely wives are both born in May. We had the birthdays to celebrate. As is uh as is Hassan's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Hassan's wife and, and my wife have the same birthday.
0: Have the same day, yeah. Yeah, May is is it's I guess, you know, I I guess back in the day that was uh they had to stay warm in those uh, colder months, and that's. By the uh, way,
1: we need to book our flights for for your fiftieth step for Tokyo. The time's wasted. We got to noise. I don't know if you guys.
0: I mean, after after after, uh, after Mexico, you guys are gonna be ready for, for Tokyo? That's crazy.
1: It's your fiftieth. I mean, we, you know, what's she what gonna say now?
2: It's a hell of a good excuse. It really is. It really yeah. is. My wife was born whenever Lilith was. Same day. <laughs> they, they they do the same thing. <laughs> Uh, what you got that
0: uh it's not a hat trick sadly i'm not having wine because i did not have wine with oh, I I feel actually like the kamikaze. drink is about to come up uh it is it is the partition makes an awesome kamikaze and i felt like i was back in high school um because i need some it's very warm in the house tonight even with the windows open it's very warm up here so i need something cold and chilled and since i ain't drinking white. The uh, wine ain't happening this evening, so I am having an amazingly made uh, whiskey sour, and I am sad that it is almost gone. So I'm going to enjoy it for as long as
1: I can. But that is uh, that's the nice. You have enjoy a robotic someone's? machine that can make you another one.
0: Well, it's not in the room with me.
2: No, but you could go get one. I could. Oh, yeah. You could text your lady, and be like, "Hey, lady." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> summon, <laughs> summon the woman. <laughs> Bring hey, me a drink. Get, can you can I'll you press to the button?
1: Some of the head. woman
2: listen, listen.
1: They're partners. It, it's not. It's not like he's asking her to to freaking you know, scrub his feet. Like he's saying, hey, can you press the button? It says whiskey sour. Hey, you gotta load it. Bring it up a flight of stairs to me. Thank you. Like that's not like
2: yeah, you have to load the machine. It's not self perpetuating. You know. It's, I mean, it's, it's like just an espresso saying. for liquor. It's like. All right. So, uh, as uh, we alluded to at the the beginning of this episode, we all read the same book for this week. um, Hmm.
0: I do, though, I do think before we get to that, uh, I am also raising my glass to Mr. George Perez.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, did we not talk about that? No. It happened Friday, dude.
1: Oh Christ! Gee, there's there's further evidence of how it feels like it's been. I, I I God. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Continue, please. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was. I mean, he he's. I I know that um, he's he's on my top ten list. That that uh, thanks to Tomio. That that's that's actually now written Shout out to in Tomeo, Slackstone. Yes. S O S. Put an
1: A P B on Tomio.
0: We do right. Get the ball already. The um. No, I mean George has been part of my comic reading life since I pretty much started. He he um there were Avengers covers and interiors. Um but of course I just associate him just like I will forever associate Byrne with Marvel. Perez is Mr. DC and uh and and he pretty much anything he drew, whether it was for DC or even afterwards uh, I, I followed him. He, he was, uh, he was an artist whose name I associated with the work. He was somebody who actually paid attention when he was one of those guys that just had that style that you knew you were aware of what he was drawing. And, and, and I always looked for his name and you could always see what he was drawing and take a look until Phil Jimenez came on board and you were just like, wait, is it, is it really George? But you had, um, that there's just, yeah, like we played the game, when we uh, talked about Neil a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, there are just certain covers that come immediately to mind when, um, when I think about, think about the man. Um, I'm glad. I'm so glad I was able to, uh, that I stopped him in Chicago and Vince was there to take a photo. Um, shook the man's hand, thanked him for everything he did. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I started rereading the, uh, the Titans. I took the first volume, the first omnibus off the shelf uh, started flipping through it over the weekend, so I'm going to take my time and reread those issues. Um, and I know Vince and I were talking about whether or not we would talk about that on on future episodes. But um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, I, we knew it was coming because we knew we knew his situation. Um, but still, it, it it doesn't make it any less a a punch to the gut. But uh, we'll go around the room and I'll ask you two. When did you first? Recognize or know that George drew something you were reading. Vince, you start.
2: Uh, Jeez. And and not being a DC guy until Byrne took over Superman, um, I guess that uh, Noon Teen Titans, as, as minimal as my exposure to it was, was probably my first exposure to you,
0: you were know, reading any of the fantastic four when he was drawing it
2: yeah but it didn't register i mean I, I i right i recognized the he name george perez at that point right and in the avengers stuff i was never an avengers mark so right that that just flew completely over my head but the first time i really started to take notice of george's work was um new teen titans but i was locked in with wonder woman Okay, yeah. I, I thought yeah, yeah. his run was just yeah. ridiculous.
0: Including War of the Gods. I don't want to hear anybody badmouth that, that event. As, 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 as a cluster as it was, I enjoyed War of the Gods a lot.
2: Yeah, but I mean, as someone who pushes a pencil around a paper, uh, just the, the complexity uh both in 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 terms of the density of the the number of lines and the composition the amount of characters on the page if 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 a rock broke george would draw all 13 billion pieces of the rock yeah yeah and yeah. and, and so, so from i mean just awe inspiring from that aspect of it to have that clean of a line and to be so confident that you draw everything it, w- it was imp- it was damn impressive to me um i i think we all range in the magnitude of our admiration for george like i think the guy's great but uh, i'm nothing to jason who's really nothing to david right so uh you know it 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 fluctuates i i I thought george was a huge talent and i think um i hope he's comfortable wherever he is Mm -hmm. just as as you know hey thanks for all the great stuff Rest well, right? Yeah. What about you,
1: Jason? Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, for me, it was def I mean, it was the Marvel stuff, and, and I mean, it was the early Avengers stuff. Um, you know, I think it well, was like issue one hundred forty, one hundred forty-one, something like that. I think he started doing Avengers so- somewhere around there. But um, but it was weird because I I don't know, like I don't I don't remember taking notice of like him specifically at that time. You know like it wasn't like oh this is George Perez but then a few years later even though I wasn't reading DC like it became so evident you know it was it was hard obviously if you're going to the shop and chatting like it was you know with I mean he you know doing Teen Titans and and then Crisis right it was like oh I mean like he was he was a name you you just knew and then but I wasn't I I didn't I mean I didn't read those things until much later you know really in the last 15 years um so, yeah, I mean, with the Marvel stuff, but, but I mean, the, when I think of him, you know, I, I, I think, cause I am an Avengers mark and the only page of George's art I own is a, is a page from Avengers. Um, but like the JLA Avengers is the thing that I most love that he did. And, and I say that meaning like, I think, I mean, crisis is amazing. Like crisis and Teen Titans are both incredible I, for sure. But like, I wasn't there on the ground floor, you know, um, But like JLA Avengers was so amazing because, you know, as a as a guy who got into this hobby because of Ohatmu and, you know, I'm such a nerd for data and like trivia and facts and stuff like the idea of having both of these sets of characters drawn so meticulously in that way was just incredible. And 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 being a Marvel kid, it was super fun because I I, like I just it felt like to me like the, the the DC characters were like the invaders, you know? Like, like in not, not, not in people. I don't mean like Marvel's invaders. I mean like invading, you know, my world. And so, of course, I was a hundred percent rooting for Marvel's characters to beat that ass every battle. <laughs> like I was like, and I'd be like, oh, I'd be all marking out if they did, and then I'd be pissed off if the DC character won the fight. And I'd be like, it's bullshit. Um. So like, you do know they yeah, were balanced, like, just, right?
2: What's that? It was balanced. It was designed to be balanced. Yeah, that, of course. Of course. The, right
1: but but i i would say that uh, probably like in the last really since we started the show well a few years before the, we started the show like like once i got heavy into like the cgs crew and and they were doing like the crisis tapes and stuff that's i think really when i i went from knowing he was important and having read a bunch of his stuff to really like appreciating him in a in a significant way and and juxtaposing like george to neil You know who we discussed. Unfortunately, we had to discuss last week because he passed away. Um, Neil's an all-timer, but very little of his work ever meant anything to me, either either as it was coming out or like reading it back. Like I read it back or read some of his stuff and appreciated it because of what it meant at the time it came out. But like I can't say there's too many Neil Adams drawn stories that like hold a certain place in my heart. Whereas going back and rereading or not, not rereading for me, but reading all of the, the key Perez stuff, you know, a lot of it from DC, I I loved it all. And I, and I, and and like, so I I was like, oh yeah, okay, this, this guy's like amazing. So yeah, I, like, I definitely agree with Vince's statement. I I certainly can't profess to have the instantiated lifelong love for Perez's work like DAP does, but but certainly knowing Vince's views on sort of whether it pulls his heart strings. Yeah. I guess I am probably in the in between the two of you. Yeah.
2: Seeing his art for the first time um, and Dap's right. It probably was fantastic for, I thought, Oh, guy's trying to be Jim Starlin. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Because the approach is very similar. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, you know, once you, you spend some time waiting around in the, the 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 comics pool there are there are very obvious differences in in Starlin and and uh George but um yeah just it's the complexity that still staggers me to this day like I I have no love for Crisis other than it is a visual spectacle like there's just so much going on There's characters everywhere. It's all meticulously and and purposely detailed and positioned and manipulated. It's just like it doesn't seem like it's from human hands, right? But as far as the story, whatever. But the visuals, yikes. Like that's the thing. Um, They always say, well, no one can take that away from you, you know? Like Perez will always be, to a lot, a lot of people, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like that—that should be the capstone on the monument, because that is the thing. I mean, Teen Titans is great, but Crisis changed an entire company forever. Yeah, yeah, for for good and for bad, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, he he wanted to
0: do Crisis because he got to draw every DC character and he got to, you know, make kind of get a dig back at uh, that Marvel for. Not going through with the uh, JLA Avengers that first time, but it's it's there are it, Crisis is amazing, and then the follow-up history of the DC Universe that's beautiful collection. But it it's yeah, I, and if Crisis is is your thing, absolutely, I I get it, and I I, I can see why, and and I'm sure um, that is something that uh, I I don't know, I don't know where he would rank it, since he also got to do. JLA Avengers eventually, and he pretty much drew just about every character from almost every company. But um, it's yeah, it it, there are things that he's done that uh, has effect, and even though yeah, you could call him Mister DC, or you just may associate him with DC more than Marvel. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has borrowed things that he's done in in their book So it's it's you know he's he's definitely somebody who has whose influence is not going to be uh forgotten or, or, or lost anytime soon. But um uh, there's just yeah, I, I think it's I guess for many, yeah, it would be it would be crisis For me it is it is the Titans. Um but I I wouldn't uh but yeah, no, Crisis absolutely holds a uh, holds a special place in my heart, no
2: doubt. You've really got to admire that kind of work ethic. Somebody came Oh uh, it was incredible, yeah. Well no, but somebody came to you uh and it's like hey George, I got a project. You get to draw every single DC character ever. <laughs> You'd be like there is not an amount of money on a planet that would make me barrel through these pages. But George is like, yeah, okay, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah, this is great. That's the thing. Yeah. I know. He relished just, it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, it's awe-inspiring. It really is. That's the that's the, the those that's the term that that I I have absolutely no problem ap- uh, applying to George's work and his methodology. It's awe-inspiring. It just takes your breath away. Like The Slipcase to JLA Avengers. What the hell? Uh, like there's characters everywhere and mm-hmm. the the crisis um wrap around. Like stop. It's just it's it's concentrated joy. How does this happen? But the man so I guess you could say the man's a wizard or he was, right? Still is. So there you go. Oh, yeah, I mean, the
0: proof is on the page, so yeah.
1: yeah. And, and before, we, before we move on, to and and I think one of the things that really came through uh, this week, first of all, I, I don't think there's a person that I follow on social media, either friend or comics person, that didn't take a moment to acknowledge his passing and share a story or an anecdote about what, what he meant to them, either as a person or... A storyteller um which is you know i i i, I very much hope and, and and do believe that he in his last few moments on the planet got a sense of the appreciation and adoration that that people have for him i i, I hope he he you know passed on knowing that and appreciating that um but like you know there are people whose work is important and means a lot and then there are really awesome human beings and by all accounts george was both which is not that common at least it's not as common as it should be and like i don't know a person that's ever had a bad experience with george perez mm-hmm. you know like he always and i've I met him a few times at cons like always had a smile always engaged people in conversation was always more than happy to take pictures you know arm in arm like whatever like if you look at all the pictures like with that like all the pictures I saw this week were him arm in arm with people, right? It wasn't like leaning in or like, it was just, you know, he, he just, and, and he did incredible, I mean, like voluminous work for the hero initiative. Uh, in fact, most of the times as I remember, and and my memory could be shoddy, but I seem to remember most of the times that I did see him at cons, he was there as a guest of here of the hero initiative and he would do sketches and signings for them. Right. And, and ask for, donations to hero is part of it and i just uh yeah i just think he's one of those really noble human beings that uh that you just don't hear an ill word spoken about him like nobody right. side item um he was just that dude and uh and a testament to how you how you should live your life as a professional
2: right for sure can't top that so i will seg We are going to take a look at a book that answers the musical question, Who Needs Ethan
0: Reckless?
2: (laughs) It is, of course, the fourth volume in the Reckless series. This one's called The Ghost in You, written by Ed Brubaker, illustrated by Sean Phillips. Color art its the secret weapon, really. Uh, Jacob Phillips. And um, those who know me, uh, on the, the you know the slack, they knew I was putting this off because there were there was an event that was maybe teased uh, in the third volume as possibly happening uh, soon, and I'm like, I didn't want to see it happen. Um, and the preview pages, in fact, the whole like first ten page maybe eight pages of this thing leads you to believe that something not very nice is going to happen to um, the main character of this book which is Anna Keller and I love Anna. Anna's the reason why I'm locked into the Reckless series. I like Ethan. He's a great character, all that stuff, but the real draw for me is Anna. Mhm. And the writing and the art. But but if we're going to pare it down to, you know, the the players in this 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 grand drama, then Anna is the one that speaks <coughs> to me. So anyway, um I, I, you know, we have to be careful in detailing what's going on in this book because you don't want to give too much away. It is a mystery and it it unravels. So we can't follow every one of those threads because we don't want to spoil it for you people because the joy, part of the joy in reading a Brubaker Phillips Phillips book is the, the, uh, uh exploding of the mystery, the the who's and the why's and the wherefore's and all that stuff. So I'm not going to get too detailed. But you have to, you know, at least tell them what they're about to read. So I will say it starts off Nancy Drew and ends a little Blue Velvet. But that could be said about, you know, a, a, a lot of Brubaker's stuff. That it, it starts pretty innocuously, pretty innocently. And then, like, um, Too Old to Die Young. Like, that went right into the gutter real quick um and his his work no i mean thematically and and subject matter Mm -hmm. wise um his uh his stuff tends to get dark and this does get dark and and again it's it's uh anna keller takes center stage ethan's away on a job and and we'll learn all about that in book five but uh anna's approached by a woman named lorna valentine and she was a B movie scream queen in the uh 70s, uh, 60s and 70s I guess and so has transformed her career from sque- scream queen to horror host. She uh she went by the name of Evelina and she would host horror movies on, you know, cable TV and that's where, you know, she got her second wind career-wise. Um, but that's in her past,
1: and before, she. Before you go on, can I stop you there? Because I read this before either of you. I read it before last, like a week or two ago, and I, I was as I was reading, it, I'm thinking, "Oh my God, <laughs> Vince is gonna bust a nugget when he sees this." Because obviously, we're all huge fans of Reckless. You love, uh, you love Ed and Sean. You've given the many of and there's no one i know personally that cares more about a horror hosts there's no yeah. one else alive that i know that cares more <laughs> about horror hosts
2: <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's 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 a sickness but uh, i do love my horror hosts but just be and it goes you know it all goes back to it's nostalgia it all goes back to childhood um, some of my my greatest all-time memories are watching these shows on a Saturday afternoon with my dad. So, you know, you got to go back to the source. Why does this shit mean so much to me? Well, I love monster movies. That's a given. I love the whole horror genre and everything that comes with it in Halloween and all that. But I watched them with my dad. You know, it's a very simple equation. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, Lorna Valentine hires Anna to find out if her recently acquired mansion is haunted. And that's that's like the Nancy Drew premise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Keller on the hunt for the, you know, gateway ghost or whatever. Um, and, and so Lorna's having the place renovated. And she's hearing strange sounds that, that aren't made by, by construction types, you know? Um, in fact, some of the workers won't even enter the place. They're afraid. Uh, the 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 mansion has a bit of a sordid past, right? Um, but in addition to the the whole haunted question, Lorna's dog is missing, Gremlin, and she uh, it's 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 one of those classic scenarios where uh, the 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 thing in question goes missing from a locked room. How did this happen? So Anne is on the case, right? But the the mansion has. Uh, a history. And it's one that is shrouded in misfortune and death. Uh, the Lamore Mansion sits on five acres in the Hollywood Hills. It was originally built by a silent film star named Lazio L'Amour. And he had it built because he was so in love with his wife that he wanted it to be their, their place on Earth. You know, their little bit of paradise. Uh, but unfortunately... Lazio's wife died in a car accident. He wasn't in the car with her. He he was doing something else. She was going home. Uh, She and the chauffeur died. Uh, And he died long after. Some say of a broken heart. Um, He just unplugged from life and and died. Well, then the place was bought by a surgeon, Dr. Theo Koning. Uh, Married, three children and uh well just to cut to the chase he murdered them all and <laughs> kill, and killed himself um the christmas eve 1949 the the official story is that that the doctor murdered his entire family and then killed himself uh leaving a suicide note now there are a lot of people it, it's one of those classic um uh urban mytholo- mythological stories where uh, did he really do it? What would prompt a man to do this? And so there were things about the suicide note. I mean, it, it's every YouTube video of the you know uh, true crime meets paranormal, I guess. And and so the 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 um, those that have studied or the the whole Lamour Mansion mythology, they're wondering: Did the the Lamour unpleasantness? maybe cast a pall on the place and somehow stirred something within the doctor that urged him to murder his family and himself like so, so so you get it, it it's one of those classic setups where this place has a very mysterious past nasty things have happened in the house um but it gets kind of nastier that um after the Koenig incident, the place was rented by the Catholic Church. Ain't gonna get any worse than that, right? Huh. And uh, they turned it into a home for wayward girls. Even more unpleasantness, because uh in in um scolding these these wayward girls, they were locked in solitary confinement to to learn the error of their ways and some of them strayed uh maybe a bit too far from the the path of, of, uh, of, uh, righteousness and, and virtue and, and, and things happened, right? Um, so all said and done, th- there are lots of reasons why someone would, who believed in, in, uh, the spirits in the afterlife and all that stuff. Uh, th- there are reasons why one would assume that there are wayward spirits roaming the halls of the Lamar mansion. And so, um, Anna calls on an old friend to help out, a woman that is uh, sensitive to the paranormal, a magnificent lady named Madame Marlena. And she's tied to Anna's estranged mother, Sharon, who now goes by the name of Savannah. And uh, Marlena kind of opened her mouth, and the bad penny, which is Savannah, returns to Anna's life. And it turns out Savannah's getting married late in life to a, a, a dude named Gary, who she met in Alcoholics Anonymous. and <laughs> You know, a great place to meet people. And Anna does what she does, and she looks into the guy's past, and she doesn't like what she finds. And um, so you get Anna's past detailed, unlike any other volume before. We really get a... Uh, a nice, wide-open view into how Anna was raised and her interaction with her mom uh, because there wasn't a father figure. And um, then you get the present-day relationship, such as it is, between Anna and her mother. And uh, uh, she, uh, Savannah's a, a, a real odd duck. Like, she's she she transforms, you know, people like that who 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 shift and transform based on who they're with or or you know if they're with uh, you know a guy x they they transform into whatever guy x wants and then if they're with guy z then they're totally different and you know cut their hair and they're wearing crystals and 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 you know paisley uh i i've, I've known people like this well that this is is anna's mom she she Woman of a Thousand Faces, she's not Lon Cheney, but uh, that's the, the the part. And I'm not going to say any more about the plot because doing so would ruin it, I think. But the the real meat for me, the hook for this book, you would think it would be the the um, the horror host stuff and the the whole um, Val- Lorna Valentine and and the the murders and everything, but it's not. The 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 thing that made me the most, the thing I, I got the most gratification from was Anna's past and present. That was the, the kicker for me. This is the volume. He's going to have a hard time. I'll do in this one. Because now she's real. Before she was just a, a beautiful, wisecracking, smartass who would put Ethan in his place and help him out. And you could tell she's smart. But then she became a real person with this, with this volume for me. And she
0: did she did i kind of wish it was her image on the spine and not Ethan this time around but it's still a reckless book i i liked i like this one a lot i don't know um i'll have to mull it over and see um because destroy all monsters was the is the one to beat um of the series so far, but this, 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 this comes real close. I really, really, and I don't want to compare because it's not fair. It's just a continuation of the series. But I mean, as far as the story itself and learning more about Anna, um, I absolutely loved it. And, and, you know, she, she does a couple of things that are almost, that are very Ethan-esque. Like when she, uh, goes to see Frank and, you know, she learned, from the best more or less so um seeing her in action really made this book it over the top for me it it, it was you mm-hmm. know she's not she's not somebody who she's not scared of the shadows she's not looking for an easy way out she she took the job and and she wants to see it through and uh there are threads that she wants to pull out and, and a mystery to solve and and you know just like Ethan there's something that was wasn't sitting quite right with her um as as you'll see as you get towards the uh the end of the story but this was this was this was simply fantastic there was there was one thing that happens towards uh between the last two chapters that um was odd based on past books I don't know if I'm sure it was intentional, but it's something that I don't know if like an editor could have caught and, and maybe made things a little bit smoother. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, it's just, it, it's one of those things where that, that it didn't take me out of the story. It didn't stop it. short, sure, But it was, it was a little bit of a speed bump and it just, it marred a little bit. It didn't take away from the story at all. It's still, the story's still fine. It was just one of those little, um, storytelling or editorial gaps, but it's still a reckless book. It looks fantastic. You know what you're going to get. It's it's set in, uh, you know, it, it's set later than the earlier books. Um, so Anna definitely a bit more mature than, than what we've seen her in the first three. Um, I just think if if you know what you're getting with Reckless, you kind of know what you're getting with this. But it the fact that it, it's so focused on Anna, uh, I think makes it just. That much better. It's it's a fantastic entry in the series.
1: Yeah, I I always I struggle like with the idea of 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 comparing like which one I think is better than others just because I think for me that that answer only comes at the test of time. You know, I I like they've all now we're four in and they've all been so exceptionally well done. Like Mm -hmm. I think I just want to celebrate them for what they are. Yeah, Um, and this is, I read it and then I, and then I listened to, uh, Ed was, uh, on, um, was on off panel and, uh, chatting about this. And it's just funny to me because I guess I, I, I don't want to speak for others, but I, I sometimes think when I read something, it's like, like, Oh man, how much time and complexity, you know, must Ed have put into to crafting this and, Making sure it fits perfectly with what comes before it and after it, and then I hear him talk, and you know, again, I mean, I'm I don't see why he would not be being candid with with uh, with David, but but like but he was saying basically like it this just came down to them wanting to do an Anna story for a change, just to switch mm-hmm. it up, you know, like so like it wasn't like, and, and I think the fifth book then became born out of that because he needed to get Ethan out of the picture, right, and and then he's like, oh well for the fifth book let's revisit why he was gone you know but it wasn't and like I'm- it wasn't like some hickman you know where he had you know a, a room with with you know everything plotted out to the to the panel to make sure it all intersects and then at the end it all it all clicks it, like he was just like oh and then we'll yeah we'll in the fifth one we'll have we'll have ethan come back and and, and settle things and you know it was just it wasn't like he just was much more casual about it in the way he described like the impetus for it but they just had it they had a basically just a creative itch to 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 draw and 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 tell an an, an an eccentric story um and i think that uh that like you said that it is very much a reckless book in in all ways but i think one of the impressive things to me about it was that like in tone and setting and 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 that's it's a pulp mystery i mean all those things are there sh- for sure but i did feel like in addition to it being uh, like a different protagonist i, I thought that Maybe I'm reading into it, but I, I felt like there there was enough subtlety in the in the difference in the way they chose to tell the story, just in terms of of slightly different pacing, like slightly different. You know, obviously it's it's a much less it's much less violent, like overtly violent. I mean, things happen, right? Like I don't want to spoil, but but like it's 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 not aggressively violent. Like the things are almost sort of. Pa- it, more like passively violent. I'm trying to make, but
0: to to, you know. to your point there, it, it a lot of it takes place during the day. It's a lot yeah, brighter right. than yep. the earlier books.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and so I just thought it was like a masterpiece again. Like they, I mean, all of these have been masterpieces, and 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 not that uh, you know I I think we all we all agree that if we could make the pandemic something that never happened, then uh, we would. But uh, but this is one of those weird quirky things that that like if you're looking for. Green shoots and silver linings, or whatever, yeah. whatever. Uh, you know, the, this the, these books basically came about because of the pandemic. I mean, they, they, they you know, that Ed and Sean didn't didn't know, like everybody, for a while there, what you know, whether there was going to be a market for monthly books and how they were going to get distributed and if they were going to be delayed and how they were going to get paid. And, and so, fortunately, they've been successful enough that they. They didn't need like the paycheck, you know, and said, "Well, let's 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 do a you know let's do a novella." And I think they started off saying, and then um, Ed told an interesting story where I guess the plan was like they did the first Reckless book, and that wasn't like it wasn't originally going to be a five a five book series. Uh, before like and, and it like before we all ever saw the first volume, there was no plan. for it to be a five-volume series. And then uh, Kirkman, actually, is the one that talked them into it, because Ed had sent Kirkman the first Reckless book to get his thoughts, and he loved it, and then they were chit-chatting, and and I guess and then Ed pitched him what he was going to do next. And I think it was going to be a sci-fi book, believe it or not, which is pretty (laughs) crazy. Um, Because, you know, you think of Ed like as crime comics, but... uh, And then Kirkman was like, what? No, dude, like, you guys got to do more of this. Like, this is it. You, like you guys get this is your thing like do this for a while until like like just focus on this it's amazing and ed was like you know I, he's like i he's like i gotta say you know obviously i don't always agree with with robert and and we you know i'm pretty confident in my own abilities but if there's one thing i i trust robert and it's uh, it's he knows when he sees a good idea he's like so i'm like all right maybe we'll do So he's like so i thought maybe we'll do three and he's like and then it became five so yeah it's, it's just funny how these things again serendipitous it wasn't some grand plan Um, and it just kind of all fell into place, but when, when things are right, they're right and and magic is happening. And, uh, I, I think we are only getting the five because I think they've already started their next thing. Um, but I mean, whether, whether we ever get any more, I mean, I think all five, you know, once these five are together, like it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a high mark of, of the, of the genre for its, for its era, I think.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think this book was, was very much needed. And I'm not saying Anna was a lamp before this, but it did flesh her out to the point where now she's shoulder to shoulder with Ethan. Yes, she she yeah. is. Yeah, as, yeah. and, as I, and I
1: hope we right. I'm sure. I'm, I I hope we we see the fruit of that in the fifth one. Right.
2: Sure. Right. I I didn't know it was going to be a five book series because I'm like, okay, now you've done Anna, you need to do Frank. Because I, I, I want to see the lovable conservative, you know? I want to see, even if, present day in this book, Frank, where he's like, you know, up there in age and, you know, he still has the stuff where he can get embroiled in some kind of nastiness and, and survive. I want to see that story, too, while we're
0: at it, you know? I do, um, I, I I appreciate that Ethan's out of town in this book and he wasn't like, In the hospital due to a car bomb or something like that, and then just not take the lead,
1: right?
0: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it was a reason why Ethan wasn't around, and it wasn't just because they wanted to write him out or he, and has got to fill in for him as if like you know it was still an Ethan story, and she's just cleaning up his mess. This was this was totally her gig, and I I am super appreciative of that, and 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 it's she obviously she she can do things on her own as we can see um but she does need Ethan to a degree and and his contacts but uh but you know you work with the resources you have available and 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 she'd be stupid not to take advantage of these things so um and, and you know she doesn't she's she's seen some things she's you know she's been through some shit when she was a little girl and 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 had what she had to put up with as she was growing up with mom so you know it 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 helps us understand the type of person she's grown up to be and 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 how she can handle these these situations and we got her fond memories of dad and uh it was it it, it's i don't want to say it's it's a lighter reckless tale but it kind of is it there are moments in it where you know she she's not walking around with the scar that ethan has and 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 with all his baggage and everything that he's gone through it is it's it is a little bit of a lighter tale. There's still some heavyish overtones, and and, and there's the whole drama involved with the mystery. But um, it it is it just it's 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 a brighter, reckless book, and and I'm 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 happy for it. it it's I'm glad we got a little bit of uh of some color uh, in in the
1: series. Sean Phillips is stupid talented. It's stupid.
2: You're have it. <laughs> I it's love stupid. his
1: line, man. It's just—it's ridiculous. Like, <sighs> I, like the the economy of his line, it, like is—it's ridiculous how good a storyteller he is. I I, I can't. And it's funny because I mean we've probably talked about this before, but his OA is widely available and very affordable. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone to is the site that sells his OA and 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 look to buy pages for of, of, of his work and it's weird because like i'm always praising sean but his son deserves a ton of props too because it, sean has such faith in his son now that the reckless pages like don't look finished like, the, he 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 basically, in a lot of the pages, Sean just does the outline of the body and leaves everything else to his kid. And, like, again, it works beautifully. I mean, the finished product is exceptional. Yep. But, like, it does speak to, I mean, if you look at Sean's, like, earlier work when they were, you know, before they were doing all this stuff, it was much more detailed, much more finished. Um. You know, and it's not anymore, and I don't think it suffers like I think in the finished product doesn't suffer at all but but like in terms of when I look at the page as it is, I'm like, oh, it does like it doesn't feel as rich of its story as it does when I see it finished you know, and and quite often it's the opposite for me like quite often it's why I collect art i like you know the 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 pen and ink is like what does it for me whereas whereas with these pages i I think the pen and ink doesn't doesn't complete the story for me, so right.
2: Well, Jacob's a secret weapon,
1: for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like he really yeah. is. And if you you need, like, if you're if people aren't sure about that because they're like, oh, what's the colors really do? Like, go and look at at Sean's pages for Reckless on the on on you know, uh, on his uh, on splash page, because that's uh, you know that, like. And I think then you're like, oh, okay, I see it.
2: And to be as young as he is, to be as fearless as he is, is amazing. Because he is totally unconcerned with contour lines, he doesn't care where a head begins and a wall starts. Like he will just break that line with it. He'll drop a color that touches the wall, part of the head, the shoulder, and it's it's not a color you would associate with. uh, Like say, if a character is wearing blue, he'll drop a green splotch on the on the page. You know that that does all those things that it that pierces the the contour of the head and the shoulder and the one and it's just amazing that the, he's he's unconcerned with the foreground shapes to a certain degree where he's doing his composition in the back and his balancing of the colors based on the the the, the temperature of the scene or you know the the contents of what's going on but for the most part. He's not all that concerned with the players. He's doing the backdrop, and it looks amazing. It's just so ballsy and, and gritty, and he, he'll, he'll leave white space where other guys would have been like, wait a minute, you le- there's, there's a big blob of white on this. Why? He's like, well, that's because of the way I finally tuned that. That's not a mistake. That's not a gaff. That was designed to be that way. I think this 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 young man is amazing. Uh, I see some Betty Brightwiser in his work, some of it, mm-hmm. but he's got a language. Uh, I think it's pretty unique to himself, uh, a color language, and I love it. I, and you take him out of the equation, you get somebody in here, um, uh, even the the greats, and you know you the the names that always come up whenever they they give that that piece of plastic away to to us of the year even those guys would not approach it like like jacob does and i think that's his strength he's very unique and and he's amazing at what he does and he's so freaking young you you know you just want to you want to suck all the talent out of him keep it for yourself (laughs) for sure yeah yeah another winner um it's almost not fair what what this creative team is doing because we got a Reckless book in um, April. or Right? This came out in April? hmm yeah. And we're going to get another one in October. In October, yeah. yeah two, two, per, as, two per year. Yeah. Right, so as far as the awards go, as far as our 11 Oscars go, like, how could you ignore that? <laughs> it, 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 they're stacking the deck. It's like, not one great book, <laughs> but two. <laughs> So hopefully the next one will be more um, in the in the noir camp where we can put that in crime and we can put this one in mm-hmm. like horror. You know, it, it would work. It, it's not a stretch. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's ridiculous. We're gonna look back um, someday and be like, yeah, man, when Brubaker and Phillips and Phillips were kicking out them books, man, it was a beautiful, beautiful time. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've
1: given them a lot of platitudes over the years, but I think it's all been very justified.
2: I don't think there's your your trademark hyperbole in anything we say about this team. They're, no, no, yeah. I, I, no, I, 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 yeah, I, agree. I think you just got to stutter now, whereas it was um, Lee and Kirby. Uh, now you got to say Brubaker and Phillips and Phillips. You just got to stutter a little when you when you <laughs> yeah. mention those Brubaker great, and Phillips squared. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean and it, it, this should be my favorite because you know the guy serving them at the uh, savannah and and Anna at the diner is named David so uh, how we can that <laughs> but uh it it's it's although I will um i'll I'll say it because I love you and and I don't want uh, not that it matters because people who love to well actually are are um are mentally unsound but I think homeboy's name is Laszlo Lazlo, Lazlo Lamore, not lazio
2: you sure i'm looking right
0: at it yeah
2: hmm maybe the glasses mm. it may be but it's all good yeah it is laszlo see it maybe it is the glasses because that still looks like an eye to me i got i gotta put of it away the, the slant yeah yeah i gotta put it about three feet away from my eyes and now i see it yeah that's what i did yeah don't get old kids that no, sucks I'll go back well, and... Uh, let me say Laszlo now and I'll just... Laszlo. And I'll just splice it in there. I don't give a shit. I know you don't. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I, I feel better giving you shit over it than anybody else. Oh, um, yeah, I don't care. But no, by all means, people, if if you haven't, if you weren't listening to us at all with the previous three books and, and you completely were just saying, eh, I don't know what they are talking about or, you know, who cares about Ethan, uh, get the ghost in you, please.
2: I think Reckless will be
0: better for it.
2: Oh, no doubt. I think Reckless is a series designed for people that don't like crime books. Because the 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 criminal activity is secondary to to the real um gold and that's Ethan and Anna and the theater and and all of the pop culture bric-a-brac that Ed throws in there. Um, where Criminal was, a lot of the arcs of Criminal are like it's hardcore crime drama, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Where I think Reckless is a bit more accessible to those who normally don't dip their their them, you know their toes in that those pools, which I think is brilliant. It's so smart, right?
1: <laughs> Ed actually was when he was on off panel talking to David Harper. He actually made it. He said he's like, yeah, you know, I know some people would probably be baffled by this but this is our version of a of a fun book you know about yeah. as, as, as madcap as we get uh, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd buy that makes total
0: sense although i mean part of me doesn't want it to end but you know if they do stop at five it it kind of means i don't have to keep reorganizing the the top shelf of the i mean it's a, it's a great problem to have it, it's Total first world problem. I'm I'm happy to bitch about it, but I have to figure out what's the next book I'm pulling off the shelf to make room for this one.
2: I wish I had the same problems as the people who bought the damn time life library with this series. I don't want it ever to end. I'll build a room for these books. Yeah, no, do not ruin there. Yeah. yeah. I'll put up another
0: cabinet. I'll I'll have another wall cut out. There you so go. Put up more
2: books. That's right. Just get rid of the Bendis stuff. Don't hate renovate. <laughs> get rid of the what? Get rid of the Bendis stuff to make room. Oh, see that's her, that's what do. I'm kidding. Why it's it's
0: not, to tear down to build-up, man. I'm kidding. I'm why kidding. My God,
2: yeah. Why not both? A, why yeah, not both? <sighs> Kumbaya. Lord. everybody, celebrate. Jesus, we just did. You're bring the room down. Oh You're my, saying God. God. What else do you got? I'm leaving.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, one, uh, right. <laughs> one of uh, one of of Perez's many. Uh, Storied collaborative partner, since we just talked about collaborative partnership of the of, of the of the moment, um, was Kurt Busiek.
2: Hell, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, maybe I was subconsciously channeling that this week. But I uh, I read a, a Kurt Busiek, uh book this week. And uh, it was a book that came out back in the uh, early 2000s. Uh, it was part of Wildstorm. I was uh, largely unaware of it. I, did, I got bluntly, I didn't even really know it existed until um, the follow-up, which is coming out now, was solicited. Uh, and uh, I am talking about Aerosmith, not Aerosmith like the, like the band. Like Aerosmith, A R R O W S M I T H. So smart in their fine uniforms. Uh, now I'm holding a just-published hardcover. Got to give uh, Busek and his co-creator, Carlos Pacheco, credit here, because they are putting out a new Aerosmith series, and as part of that, because it was 20 years ago, or close to it, they uh, put out this hardcover. Uh, It was believed this hardcover was solicited the same month that the first issue of the new miniseries, well, I don't know if it's series, but the new series was solicited. Um, So I ordered both, because, one, I'm I'm a... like Busek can do it wrong for me, so I'm I'm in there for I'll, I'll try anything that he does, and Busek and Pacheco, big big fan of the stuff they've done together that I have read. I just remember. so picked this up, but I picked it up kind of set scene. You know, I didn't I didn't know much about it. Like I said, I didn't remember it coming out back when it did. Uh, it was for those that are wondering, it was a six issue series back then, um, and uh, it was it's one of those things where it's 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 a it's a a, a book that is full of stuff i normally wouldn't read like it's a world war one uh alternate history book uh i am not a huge fan of war stories um i've seen some phenomenal war movies there's you know, certainly been some more comic stuff enjoyed, it. but like I'm not, it's not a, it's not a genre or a setting that I seek out. You know, it's it's, uh, like Salt Peter, where I'm like, oh but it's just not something I tend to, like, it's not a, it's not a pull for me. Um, and and when you get into like the alternate history stuff, like I, I I'm, I don't always groove with that. So, I, but like I said, I ordered this pretty much set unseen. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really know much about it other than it was. A collection of of that that was you know in essence a prequel to what was about to come out because normally if I'm I go through the image catalog if I, I I'll try almost anything that they're soliciting mm. at least the first issue and then when I saw that Busek and Pacheco were doing a creator-owned book I'm like oh hell yeah and then of course when I realized it was a it was a long I guess awaited and and uh, much delayed sequel I thought all right well let me read the source material and see what's up um, first of all I don't I must be getting that must be changing in my old age because I used to always be the guy that used to rail against back matter, and all that. And lately, I feel like I read the back matter all the time, and I'm better for it. And I read the intro to this, What's and I'm glad happening? I did. I know it's throw up
0: so fast. All, it's all grown
1: up. So this book came, and I, and when I was reading. It, I'm like, oh, this is my shit. This book was born out of Avengers Forever because. Busiek was at Marvel, and Pacheco signed an exclusive deal. And I didn't know this because we have we have waxed lovingly many years ago about Avengers Forever. I think it's one of the best Avengers stories ever. I think it holds up. I've reread it many times. I think Pacheco has never looked better than Avengers Forever. It was inspired work, and uh, much like Perez, it, it it was one of those books that had like every Avenger that you can imagine in it. It was great, it was an epic story, well done. Um, anyway. Uh, but as it, I guess as the story goes, and this is all new to me, uh, Pacheco signs his Marvel exclusive. And I guess when you get your exclusive, you get some, you know, you have a little bit of a little sway or, you know, kind of press your advantage while you can. And he, as part of his negotiation, said he wanted to tell an epic Avengers story. And that became Avengers Forever. And Busick said that he was so blown away by Pacheco's storytelling that uh especially in how he designed Kang's uh world like like his weaponry and his where he lived and 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 all that that he he thought I I need to, you know, I need to tell a story that allows Carlos to do what he does best uh again and that as 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 he tells it is what became of became Arrow uh and then there were a couple of other there was like a confluency set of three things that brought him to do this, but in essence, but is also a huge history buff, and apparently he's written essays on different historical moments, including World War One. So it's a passion for him, World War One, which I didn't know. And so his love for, for World War One, um, a, a book that a friend of his had written, a fantasy and a novel, a prose novel, and this, and, and then Pacheco's storytelling, led to him. Creating this world that is Aerosmith. So, what is Aerosmith? Well, it is, uh, as I've alluded, it's a it's a World War One story, but it's a different it's a different reality. Um, first of all, it's a fantasy reality. Uh, dark magic, monsters are all real. So, uh, both sides of the war are using those things to uh, to their advantage. You've got gargoyles as warning beacons. You've got, you know magic spells that serve as weaponry, you know, there's a cannon, for example, that's, that casts a spell that freezes things, there's, you know, all sorts of things like that. But the, 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 there's vampires, there's, uh, there's rock trolls, you know, there's just, just all kinds of fantasy things, like, and no, all rules apply. But, uh, at the heart of the, uh, of the allies, uh, are a group of soldiers called the Overseas Arrow Corps. And they are, uh, Basically, air boys, but they're not flying airplanes. They have little dragons that are bonded to them and allow them to fly and fight. And, uh, and Aerosmith, the name speaks to Fletcher Aerosmith, who was a, we're introduced to him. He's a young kid living in the United States and he's, he's, he dreams of, of being a, a member of the Aero Corps and, and fighting. Um, now another interesting thing is we're not the United States of America in this. We're the United States of Columbia. Go figure. Uh, oddly enough, and uh, we have yet to enter the war. And so, uh, but but again, it's alternate history, so it kind of kind of pulls on the strings of real history. Um, a lot of people want us to join the war, and uh, and and I don't think I'm spoiling anything to suggest that eventually we do get into the war, and uh, Fletcher gets all grown up and he becomes a member of the arrow core and um and joins the fray joins the battle and then from there it's basically a, a, the first arc is essentially laying the groundwork for this world setting up the 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 protagonists, the antagonists, establishing the kind of the rules of, of order the magic who the hierarchy like there's a there's a um a super powerful merlin-esque wizard and he's just pissed because he wants to be on the front lines uh using his magic to to help win battles and the uh the powers that be, the Allied commanders, are like, nah, dude. You know, there's we have a scarcity of of mages at this point, as do they, both sides, and we can't afford to lose even one of you. It could ch- it could change the balance the power of power in the war. So we need you behind the lines, using your magic to to bolster our troops. You know, to build build weapons, so forth, so on. But the mage is also upset because since there is such a uh, a shortage of, of 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 assets, if you will. Uh, they're basically putting young, inexperienced kids into the fight, uh, including training them to be part of the Aero Corps, and uh, they're just not ready, you know. And again, it's very much like real war, right? Like the conscription it's just like just kids out there fighting. They don't—they no business doing so. Um, but uh, but the, to me, the 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 real interesting thing about the book is the world that Pacheco creates visually, and. As I said with Avengers Forever, where I thought like I've never seen Pacheco look better, this is equivalent to that. So like this was the era, I guess, when Pacheco was just on point, you know. Um, this is super tight. In fact, it's remarkable to me how much of this series looks like Terry Dodson. Like I think it looks a ton like Terry Dodson, which is kind of fascinating to me because I think they're contemporaries. They're not. It's not like Terry would have been a an inspiration for for Carlos. In fact, I guess Carlos probably predates him. Now that I think about it, but. Um, but like it did very much. It was like super tight with like a super polished line. Like I said, just like Avengers Forever. Like I I, 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 find the art on every panel impeccable. Um, just, just, just super detailed and and luscious, and everybody's beautiful and handsome, and it's just you know just a visual visual stunner. Um, you know the story, it was interesting, but I will say that uh, even though I'm a fan of of sort of getting the band together and stuff like this was, I, I think I did find myself fighting against my general lack of interest for like world war one stories and, and war stories. I just didn't really like the fantasy stuff was cool enough, but like there were moments where I thought, you know, what if Mignola was telling the story? Like that would be neat, you know, like, cause then it would be more surreal and it would feel more surreal so this was a weird juxtaposition for me. Like, there's things I really liked about it, and there's things I think that I would have liked if maybe it was by a different creative team, just because Busick and Pacheco are so polished. And, like, I don't think war should be polished, you know? Like, war isn't beautiful. War isn't pretty, you know? Yep. And so, like, even though the pages are a sight to behold, I don't know that they should have been. Like, I feel like war stories should be grimier, darker, more visually challenging and arresting you know at least for me like that so so it was a weird it was a little odd juxtaposition so i'm I'm super glad i read it and i think that the hardcover is really well put together nice archival i don't i assume this has never been reprinted before maybe if it was it was a long out of date trade um but you know i guess my final ruling on this would be if you are a fan of alternate histories if you're a fan of 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 world war one world war two stories you know the world wars uh and like that stuff intrigues you, then you'll I think you'll adore this book. Um, you know, if that stuff is not stuff that that pulls you into the the black hole of, of your interests, then you know, you could probably pass it. It's it's you know, definitely of it's definitely genre specific.
2: Yeah. And this is the image edition?
1: Yeah. 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 Cool. Did you read this back in the day? It doesn't seem like it'd be up your alley, I would think.
2: I've never read it, no. Yeah. Uh, Again, um, yeah, I don't know why I've never read it. Uh, The the magic and the fantasy aspect should have pulled me in. But to be totally honest, I didn't know that that was a uh, component of it.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, Yeah, no, me neither. I I don't, like, right, exactly,
2: yeah. So maybe I will pick it up. You have my copy. Hmm. Even better. You're going to be here in five weeks. It's true here's gonna be kicking
1: Indeed. Yeah. come baby come baby, baby come come
2: da- <laughs> David <laughs> what what do you have you're so freaking silly <laughs> Uh,
0: I read uh, well, I finished I finally finished a graphic novel that I probably should have just stopped when I put it down and not and decided to go back to it but one was um it's called ashes ashes it's 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 published by um, magnetic it's uh by jd Morvan. ray uh makute is your artist and walter that's it is uh is on colors. it's based on the novel ravage by renee bargevel and it's the art's fantastic the art is is what really had me Turn the pages um it it starts off uh really 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 um a long time ago uh with um but it's it, not really because it looks like i mean it, it looks like it's it's the time of like Arthurian legend with 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 wizards and but then there's some dude like climbing the ladder in, in like full riot gear um, and and the patriarch is the one making his way through these armies um, come face to face with somebody who's basically wearing a ton of armor and padding uh, looking like Wearing a catcher's mitt with 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 football shoulder pads, and it's it the intro is is a little weird, and and then we kind of just get to the year twenty fifty two. It's it's I, I'm part. I, I'm not. I may have missed something. I don't know if it was a translation issue between the novel and and the graphic novel, or um, I'm just wasn't smart enough to pick up on something but uh the story basically uh, about a dozen pages in takes place in the very near future and uh and um francois who i'm guessing is a descendant of of the patriarch because patriarch's name was also francois um he uh he's in he's in Marseille and uh he gets a call from uh, from from the headmaster of his uh, of his school, um, letting him know that uh, you know you came in first place for the entrance exam at the College of uh, Agricultural Chemistry. So uh, Francois doesn't really look all that thrilled about this news, um, but he also doesn't seem to be too surprised that he placed first. So right away france walk comes off like a bit of a prick and and not really somebody that i would normally be rooting for um in the story but while all this is going on there's flying cars all about i'm like this is pretty intense for something that's you know not even uh that's just over like 25 years away i don't know it, it's like you know blade runner taking place in like you know 1999 it came and went and, and those things really didn't happen but whatever um but again you know dig in the art francois is going to see um this uh the beautiful um blanche who is he, he he knows blanche from when they were growing up blanche is going to be a singer and um and she's having dinner with a uh, with a record mogul um who's promising her the world uh uh with a catch and uh she really wants nothing to do with this with this guy fietti looking dude but uh he's he's really just uh really persuasive really uh coming on a little strong and um all of a sudden um the Fr- Fr- Francois and Blanche end up meeting they they have a nice time together they're they're hanging out for the day um she's got to go to this dinner. With the uh, with the record exec, um, he wants it just to be the two of them, even though she wants Francois to come with him. They get on uh, Homeboy's plane, and all of a sudden, um, this is where things get a little crazy. Uh, she signs, she signs her name. She's you know she, she's changed her name to Regina Vox, um, and Francois is. Content, he's he's all set to let blanche live her life and he's going to go to college and he's going to do um uh he's he's uh he's ready to live his life but it looks like um there was uh something happens and my man is now not going to go um to college and I'm not really sure if the record executive had anything to do with that, but uh he, um, he's now a little distraught, going to go about his day, going to go, he's heading home, he gets on a bike, all of a sudden all the, uh, all the cars start falling out of the sky, basically all the electronics, all the, uh, everything's just, the whole world's going dark. And, uh, Airplanes are falling out of the sky. The cars are falling out of the sky. Um, the uh, all Francois is thinking about is rescuing Blanche. So he runs back into the city. All this death and destruction, and just to get to the thrust of of, of the tale and it is that uh, a whole bunch of people, the survivors, are going to. Um, basically make their way to um to where it's safe um all they want to do is is that they're just there's about there's about a dozen or so of them um and they uh they they just want to um i'm not even sure what uh what region in france they're uh they're actually headed to it's some small village where they were actually where, where, where Francois and, and Blanche were born. Uh, so just trying to get back home. Um, but the story is once you get past the, the sci-fi part of it, it's just their travels and troubles getting from, um, from A to B and some of the other, uh, unscrupulous people that they, uh, They come across and they meet it's a violent book in parts um there really aren't too many people you kind of care about there really isn't enough here to even um it's kind of all just surface you really just don't know why you're really supposed to care for francois and and all i mean he's just he's got tunnel vision he just he wants to make sure everybody's safe he wants to um he, he he wants to bring blanche home um Along the way, they end up at this uh, this scientific lab that, that that's on an island um, where they were doing where the scientists were doing a lot of um, a lot of experiments. Um, there was uh, and this is where they lose a few people of um, from their group. Uh, there's there's somebody who kind of looks like Jesus white Jesus and then there's, uh, there's a guy who if you just look at him you die he's got like the face of death and um they find these vials where um I don't know what the hell they could do after reading some of the research though it looks like it could at least prolong life or um help people heal quickly uh so they take some of the um of the syringes in the vials uh, uh the smartest guy in the group he opens up the door uh the one labeled basically death. He just, he wants to know how it works. How can you look at someone and then die? And he opens the door, looks inside the cell and collapses. And so, well, there you go. Now, you know, like an idiot. I just, it it was really hard for me to really kind of care for so many of the characters in this book. And then the people who do, who you do kind of root for, uh, they either do something stupid or they get attacked by another gang um, and get, uh, and get taken out. So, uh there's no denying from the start who really is the hero of the story um he's just not necessarily somebody that uh you'd really be rooting for if 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 you were to read or watch this but um you know at the end of the story it it's uh, they they did take uh the serum and 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 their lives are prolonged but eventually francois dies and then you get two pages of blanche basically kind of given like a eulogy um surrounded by their family their offspring uh because he and blanche have lived for so long uh and now she finally these two pages are basically her kind of ripping into francois about how you know this was never really my dream this was just yours and you just were the type of person where you didn't want to hear the word no you didn't want anybody to really have a different opinion and i was just like why the fuck did i sit through the rest of this book it it really was it's and and, and again it is because of the art i i I think um i think ray's art is is it's very it's very european it 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 would fit right at home uh in in a serial and in heavy metal um but it was uh it was, as I'm reading it and I get to the end of it, I just thought about uh, a couple of magnetic books from uh, late last year, earlier this year, that uh, really weren't sitting with you too well, Jason. But um, I, I, I had high hopes, again, because I thought it looked cool. But um, I, I just, I was not thrilled with how with how it wrapped up. And I had no intentions now at this point to, to even try to read the novel that it's based on because I don't know if they did it justice or if uh, maybe they didn't like the novel. I don't know, but it just was not a, um, it wasn't as far as for me, it wasn't one of Magnetic's better offerings, unfortunately. So I am not recommending Ashes, Ashes. I just, I did read it. So I wanted at least, you know, it was something that took up some time. So I figured I'll let you guys know what I read, but uh, I really wish I had better things to say about it than just um, the art was cool. And, and some of the, sci-fi aspects of it were pretty neat but it was kind of just again I don't know if I'm just not quick enough to pick up on some of the things that they were putting on the page or if it just really was something that was uh, that was a bit of a mess but we definitely need something now to
1: yeah, You give me the douche chills here because this was as you alluded this was one of a, of a string of four magnetic hardcovers that I read in a row that I was like uh oh <laughs> I'm like, has Like magnetic, magnetic run out of good stuff to import because this and i think more of it also with small world and, yeah and uh and there was that book i can't even think of the is it like man it was the one with the with the with the car um i can't think of the name right now but it was basically oh a, monolith or behemoth monolith yeah and then there was a fourth oh, one i know I can't excuse me right now, but it was like four in a row and I'm like, God
2: dang. Oh, no. yeah.
1: But yeah, this one this one hurt my heart. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Okay, all right. So it wasn't even yeah. all right. Good. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this one at all. But uh you know, they can't all be bangers, right?
0: No, no, it's true. And I'm sure, you know, hey, I'm someone I'm sure must have dug it. And like
1: I said, I really, really like the art.
0: I just really wish the story kind of went along with it.
1: Yeah, t- you know, teach me how to Dougie. Um <laughs> I because I, I don't need to spend a lot of time on this. I just got to say because it's fucking amazing. GI Joe, a real American hero. Saturday morning adventures. Long ass title. People, I realized uh, number three of four. I've talked about each of the issues. Got to talk about this one too. I had such glee from this book. It brightened my day. It. uh It, it is just. It's a book made for me. Much like Vince was saying with with turtles. It, it's a. Uh, it's just it, it is a comic as i've said with the first two issues that is 100% as though you're reading a comic from uh, screen caps of the of the cartoon it is drawn to look exactly like the cartoon all the character models are identical the dialogue the the pacing there's even the the uh, the, the little moral lesson with the little kid at the end of each book the more you know a, a, and there's a panel that i've asked vince to kindly include in this week's uh images because as i've said the the premise of this whole arc is that uh cobra commander gets a magic lamp and he has a genie and he's using the genie to uh try and defeat gi joe and take over the world as he's wanted to and uh and at one point here in the third issue the genie as as genies quite often will you know backstab they uh he basically takes cobra commander's third and final wish and twists it around and um basically cobra commander says something effective like well you have the power to he cobra commander asks for uh to make all the gi joe's loyal um loyal servants of cobra and the genie had said now remember dude like i gave you the rules at the beginning and i can't do that so i'm not going to do that and then cobra commander of course because he's cobra commander throws a hissy fit and you know, gets all pissed off, and he's like, you know, you have the power to, you know, to to win this war for me. And all of a sudden, Genie's like, ah, your your wish is granted. He's like, that wasn't my wish. He's like, no. He's like, that. He said, he, he said, I have the power, and you're right, I do. He's like, so uh, to, so the he basically sets up the four, fourth issue is going to be basically like, like a contest of cha- like clash of the champions between all the Joes versus all the Cobra. They're they're shunted off into a island, and they got to face off and it's uh and and the panel that I'm alluding to um the genie says uh no master not treachery the other half of battle and it's like that might not mean anything to you but if you watch the cartoon and you love GI Joe like the thing you always say is knowing is half the battle and the genie fucking says this is the other half of the battle and I'm like what like you gotta be kidding me the other half of the battle yes let's go so uh yeah this issue was fire dude like the like i mean firefly is fighting spirit and and of course storm shadow and 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 snake eyes are fighting and uh shipwreck's up in that piece like it's so good dude like it's so good you know who's in this copperhead is in this oh stop fucking copperhead dude like like what like what a, like how are you supposed to take a villain seriously when he's wearing teal he's wearing a teal bodysuit like oh it's great but you do because it's joe timbers in this like i dude i just i love this book so much so yeah i i so i and i'm sure i'll shout out the fourth the fourth issue and i'll probably shout out the trade when i get it but but i i this this book is silly it is certainly for a very niche audience but if you are part of that niche it is perfectly executed
2: Thank you, man. Who doesn't like war comics? <laughs> this isn't war. Dude. Oh, come this on! War. It's, it is too.
1: They don't war. even know what he dies like. Well,
2: still, like it's still war. Bracket, bracket, bracket. They have guns and shit, and it's, it's it, it, war. You know, uh, no, it's it's okay.
1: No, I mean I know what you're saying,
2: but it's, yes, yes,
1: it is. It is military, but I mean, listen, this is yes. like superhero it, military it's war silly. light.
2: Okay, I I, I agree. And I love that you love it. That is a really yeah. nice uh, spread, by the way. I thought it was Jombie in the middle. <laughs> but but uh, I have something that would have been the best thing I read all week had Baker and or Phillips. And F- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, this was excellent. It, it seems to be the the week of female dicks for me, which is okay, right? This comes from Silver Sprocket. A little bit of backstory. I I received my Desert Island Mystery Mail box. And lo and behold, it was all Silver Sprocket books. So I dug in. And this uh, little book, full color, manga-sized, is uh, written and illustrated by Benji Nate. And Benji Nate is a pseudonym. It's a nom de plume for Caroline Sweater. The book in question is called Hellphone, Volume One. And it is awesome. It's another mystery involving young ladies trying to, to, to get to the root of the uh the you know, the mystery. And uh wow Came out of nowhere. Like I said, uh, it, I didn't know I was getting it because one never knows what comes from the Desert Island Mystery Mail. And I got to say, I've been um, involved in it for four months and every month has been banging. And it, the odd thing, with the exception of Gary Panther's Crash Pad, I didn't receive anything that I already owned. That's really hard to do, right? Mm. When When – you're like us and, and buy so many comics. Uh everything's new. I don't know how they do it. They must have a, a hidden camera or something in in my home, which is okay unless it's a Thursday, then it's not. But uh so what what is Hellphone phone about? <laughs> well, to play on words because it involves a cell phone. A uh, a flip phone a- a- as it is. And um it uh it centers around two uh I guess you yeah, you can call them they're millennials. They're they're twenty somethings, um, Sissy and Lola, and they're friends. They live uh, next door to each other, but they couldn't be more different. Um, Sissy is is very f- uh, fastidious as she's she gets work done. She doesn't lays around. She works. She she is is very motivated, whereas Lola is lazy and sloppy, and. Uh, just uh, there's not a fire under this young lady, for anything. Like she calls off work. She doesn't need prompting to call to be uh, to call off work. She just does it. She doesn't want to work. Uh, where Sissy is is at the job. She has other concerns, but she takes care of business. And the story is very, very strange. It's there's there's a lot of Lynchian overtones to this thing. One day, Sissy's coming out of her, out of her uh, place and she notices a cell phone in a, in a bush. And it it's, wasn't left, it was placed, right? So she flips it open and, and it begins with a, a she gets a call on this phone. She's like, well, who it is?" And the person only says 42nd and Laurel and she's like what i just found this phone like next to my my place is this yours 42nd and laurel so she she gets lola and they go to 42nd and laurel and 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 it's a, 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 a an abandoned place and and they she's directed to go upstairs and they they do so and there's a dead body on the floor throat cut a woman surrounded by candles and they freak, as would anyone. So what they do is they, they, they get the hell out of there and they call the cops. And the cops, you know, they're interviewing them and the other cops go in. And they're, they're like, yeah, there's a dead body in there. We just got here. This weird cell phone tools to go in there. And, and we called you. What's going on? And the, the people that investigated the scene came out and they're like, there's no body in there. What the hell are you talking about? And things get weirder from there um the phone uh multiple times during the the volume uh one of the characters will destroy the phone smash the phone throw the phone away and the phone comes back repaired in the same condition in which they found it um again, I don't want to get too deep because this is a mystery and it unravels and I don't want to reveal much of it because that's the joy of something like this, right? Let's just say there's a dead body. There's a storage locker. There's a VHS tape. There's a girl that Lola used to know in high school that went missing. There's grave digging Um, A scandal in the 60s involving the mayor and a cult called the Fraternity of the Golden Order, uh, friends whose mothers went missing, and uh, parents who slid down a very, very dark hole and, you know, have no tether to, to, to life. They're just existing because of unfortunate and very disturbing things that have happened in the past. I don't want to get too specific, but it was an absolute joy to read. I could not stop. It was candy. It's it's very brightly colored. Um, Ms. Sweater's art style is amazing. It's um, I, you know I always go back to this, but it's because it's true uh one should never underestimate the influence Fort Thunder has had on contemporary cartoonists um uh guys like Ben Jones and chippendale and and that that beautiful, brilliant pack of artistic savage artists uh which is redundant, I get it, but um, they have influence that, whether these these contemporary creators know it or not, I see a ton of Fort Thunder in this work. It's just clean and exaggerated. Um, I get a Bert and Ernie vibe from it, (laughs) because I'm guessing um, Sissy's orange-ish. So, um, I'm thinking she's Latina, and um, Yes, to play on stereotypes. Um, Lola is a, a little lighter and a little on the yellowish side and looks, uh, facial features, looks a bit Asian. So with the orange and the yellow, I'm getting a real Bert and Ernie vibe from this. That's not a bad thing, right? Um, they're concerned with their clothing. Like uh, They have to do something that involves digging. And um, they're not so much sissy, but Lola's more concerned with what she wore to the, the ordeal than what she actually had to do. And it just speaks like these, are, these characters are very, very vividly uh, rendered. And I loved it. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. If, if you the, the name Caroline Sweater and Silver Sprocket, you, you put two and two together and you're thinking, oh, any relation to Michael Sweater? I don't know, but they're both. The co-editors of Good Boy magazine, which is an anthology, and it is amazing. And I'll tell you more about that in a little while. But if you're looking for something that is just plain eh, super engaging, awesome, entertaining, visually arresting read, get your hands on Hellphone because it's awesome. It's cheap. It's like $14.99, full-color, newsprint app. woo and uh spot varnish on the cover, it's great. Silver sprocket, go get it. Yeah. It's it's so good. I Big fan of it. Silver Sprocket. Yeah, me too. Me too, buddy. But uh it it's one of those things where I started it and time went away. Say it was maybe six o'clock when I started it. I'm reading it, I've been getting into it, and I'm loving it. The smell of the paper, the, the texture of the paper, the feel of the, the spot varnish on the cover, just a great art. Look at the clock, 7.30. Like, what happened? <laughs> I was abducted by Benji Nate. As uh, as it's wont to happen. Yeah, it's great. I think you'd both like it. Um, the, the, again, the, I say volume one. There's no solutions at the end of this. So I'm guessing this is going to be uh, an ongoing series and not guessing i know right because the, the you know the mystery's not solved we need more and and that was the only drawback from reading this i got to the last page and i'm like oh man now i gotta wait for more stop yeah. hell phone yeah that's funny hell phone and she is. <laughs> she she comes out of her place and she looks at the phone and she goes oh somebody lost a dinosaur because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a flip phone Tell me, you
1: have disciples coming on that you ordered it. Pardon me. I said, please tell me that you pre-ordered disciples.
2: Well, see, I'm a bit. I the last Silver Sprocket book that I have a a one coming uh, presently. It's uh, I think it's called Puppy Night from Silver Sprocket. No,
1: disciples is the new. It's the new Ben Mara book, uh, Fantagraphics. Oh
2: shit! Yeah course, yeah. Come why come would next,
1: I next month? Why would I not order that? Just making sure. You said Fort Thunder. Maybe think of Ben Mar. Maybe think of know yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely uh, uh, a satellite of, of Fort yeah. Thunder. I wouldn't. Well, I don't want to get downbeat, but uh, yeah, he is. So yeah, uh, this is great. But the thing is with this this desert island mystery mail. I'm gun shy now. Because if I see anything in the previews off the beaten path, I'm like, I don't know if I should order that. Cause I'm probably oh, I'm probably gonna get it. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, I can always uh pass the baton to a patron or two, but yeah. but they're so good. And they s I don't you don't have to fill out any kind of uh like uh like with the wine thing. I you have to fill out, you know, your tastes and uh things that resonate with you. You don't do that for for Desert Island. They just send you stuff. But they've been on point for four months in a row. Yeah. Look into it. It's like thirty I think it's like thirty five, thirty eight dollars a month. It's really cheap for what you get. The box is full. Every month. Packed box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Got to love it. All right. So
0: there was a. Um, there was another graphic novel I've read that I really enjoyed. Um, it. Uh, it's actually it was published by was republished by Image. Apparently, it was originally a four-issue series back in uh, two thousand five, two thousand six or so. So by um, published by SLG. Uh, it's called Paris by Andy Watson. And uh Simon Gain and they have another image graphic novel in uh this month's preview. Do indeed. Uh, yeah. Um the name escapes me at the moment because I don't have it in front of me, but um Paris um was a lot of fun. I uh it it's it's um it's pretty much all the the preview I'm reading from uh thanks to images mailers uh, they seem it's it's basically it's on yellowish paper uh, it's mostly a black and white um, story and as the um as the name suggested takes place um, in paris and the 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 opening pages are new to this uh, to this collection uh, but our lead um is an American named Juliet and she's in Paris for school and uh she wants to be a painter and one of um one of her assignments is to do a portrait and there's this stuffy old English woman um that everybody refers to as Chappie. Um she's uh She's the guardian of uh of Deborah. Deborah is um is really just she goes through the motions, you know, the whole she's fancy and Oh, you fancy, huh? Wants, she's fancy, huh? Um while Juliet kinda just lives with as a roommate, um, a French woman who uh just um keeps her Panties and stockings and lingerie hanging across the uh, the lines in the apartment because uh, her uh, her panties are too delicate for the machines downstairs in the lingerie. So um, everything's just dripping all over the apartment. Drip, um, drip, drip, drip. But uh, Chappie just is. She's trying to protect. Deborah, but she also she's she's just she's a bitter old woman and, and she thinks Juliet's just trying to rip her off and, and you know, she's going to do a horrible job with this portrait. Uh she's just gonna do she, she she's gonna do as little work as she can for as much money as getting paid. Um but Juliet uh has a um it's pretty sweet on Deborah. Doesn't make any motions, doesn't uh doesn't let her feelings be known, but she definitely uh, feels some kind of way. But of course there's the whole class issue and, and uh, they don't really kind of mesh in that regard. But um, Deborah seems to like Juliet as well, but it seems as though just as a friend. Um, so Juliet's really not trying to get too far ahead of herself. They meet at a museum, um, she tries to she basically just says that um she'll uh she'll she'll meet her. Deborah will meet Juliet at the museum. Uh she'll bring Billy. Billy will um Chappie won't be suspicious if Billy goes. And now Juliet's wondering if you know if Billy's her boyfriend or whatever. And it turns out Billy's just her brother. Um and then they get a little bit closer and, and, and a little bit friendlier. nothing happens between them. Uh, but she, um, but Chappie refuses to pay for the portrait and, uh, and also threatens to say that, uh, threatens Juliet by saying that, uh, she's just going to let her instructor know, the professor know that, um, she didn't do the job, the stat and the other, basically just got a blackball her. Um, so Juliet ends up going back home and works with the father at the hardware store. Um, she's uh, no love working at the hardware store, of course. It's 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 like Vince doing senior photos, and and there's just there's nothing happening. <laughs> she's got there's just nothing going on in her life, and she's just kind of miserable. And while this is going on, um, Juliet's uh, Deborah's brother makes the announcement that uh, that their dear friend. Um has arrived and there's this huge big reception um for uh for Deborah because um Deborah is going to marry Billy's oldest friend, Reynolds Carrington Lowe, and this was a big surprise to everybody except Chappie. Chappie knew that uh Billy had um had planned this and uh deborah shows up deborah's absolutely surprised Juliet shows up in a stolen dress because her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend stole the dress from a, a department store and um there's a really funny couple of pages there detailing that whole whole situation um but of course seeing this announcement um Juliet's heartbroken. this is also at the same time when uh when chappie says that uh i'm i'm never i'm i'm never um you know you i know your game you you don't have me fooled um you know take this crappy painting back to your filthy sweatshop inform your professor that he has more of a chance of squeezing blood from a stone than prying a penny out of my fingers and so at this point with the announcement of the wedding and with her schooling um Shot the shit, Juliet's got nothing to do except um, except go home, and now with their engagement, um, Deborah, of course she's you know, trapped in a loveless relationship, um. Although you know, Ren is friendly enough, but there's no there's no attraction there. There's nothing, there's nothing really between the two of them, um. And even though he's kind of trying to make it, he's he, again there's no affection. there's no affection shown between two of them, but um they're just kind of going through the motions till one day she um after after she's getting fit for her wedding dress, um, she goes home, she she looks at one of the um one of the paintings that Deborah did give her, that, that Juliet did give Deborah. Um and, uh, there's a quote scribbled on the back of the canvas. So she goes into the library to see if, if Ren may know what this quote, where this quote is from, if he recognizes it. But when she walks into the library, Ren and brother Billy are lip-locked and she's absolutely gobsmacked. And he's like, she, she's like, oh, I'm I'm terribly sorry for interrupting. And Billy's like, well, the cat's out of the bag. And, um, Bren's just like listen I told you Billy says you know I I I, I told you my dear sister that uh, you know we're both attracted to pretty things and uh all the clues were always there but of course this woman did not uh did not see them um yeah you know, they've always been friends and uh there's there's no there's no going back now on on this little arrangement um but uh we do end up seeing Juliet in New York at a gallery with a bunch of her paintings on, um, sprawled out on the floor showing the woman who, uh, who runs a gallery. Um, the woman says, I have the space for one. Um, and, and she says, "You know, cause you're walking off the street and, and you get a spot at my next show. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty lucky, but I like this one. Um, whatever the name of it is, we'll just, we'll hang it up and we'll see if it sells. um, juliet burns some of her paintings during this time um unfortunately the the night after she she throws that dad's raking leaves and he's burning the leaves so she throws some she goes outside and she throws some canvases out there um and then the next day there's a phone call that the painting did sell and uh and so you know bring more of your bring more of your work if they have more other interesting titles, then you know that that's great because that that seems to have been something that uh, caught the buyer's eye. Um And the buyer ends up being Deborah. And uh they just basically live happily ever after. But here is it, it's it's the book is basically the whole it's it's the journey. You kind of know where things are going as as you as you don't get as you. Don't even get too far into it before you kind of know where, where everybody's going to end up. But it was entertaining to see them get there. But um Simon's art's wonderful. I, I really like the because uh, it, it's not it's nothing really realistic. It's, some of it reminds me of Reggirian spots. There's there's just there's it, it there's a lot of uh a lot of sharp angles. Um there's a little bit of um I don't want to say um I mean may, maybe a little my well, food. There's just it's it, it it's kind of got it a little bit of an independent feel in in a lot of spots, but um, but I like the art a lot. I think the uh, I think the color the, the lack of colors works on the um on the page. But it is it's it's a it's a cute little story, and uh, wish I kind of read it when it was coming out, but um, but I liked it a lot enough that uh, I'm really looking forward to this little this next story to telling where. Uh, that's set in Greece on a, um, during a, uh, I believe during a summer, but, um, sunburn. Thank you. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I, I, I think Andy and, and Simon work well together. So I want to see more of what they're doing, but this was, this was a cute story. I liked it a lot. So I, I didn't know, like I said, I saw the, um, saw the PDF in the email and, uh, threw it on the iPad and just as, as soon as I started reading it and, and I, didn't stop until it was done i uh went through it. it it's it's kind of a quickish read but it is um you kind of get lost on uh on the page with uh, with simon's line I, I like it a lot so yeah if, if, if you get a chance if you didn't read it when it was originally published and you want to see what the extra material is uh check out paris
1: the immortal words of dave Chappelle, can't stop won't stop there you go
2: Gain had a great run on Godzilla. No kidding. Yep. Really nice. Yep. All right, everybody. Hey, if you enjoyed this, stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. Once again, we would like to thank our patrons for bringing this to you. Patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics, one one apostrophe. Take a look around. We'd love to have you. In your travels... I'm just going to continue the silver sprocket love with the aforementioned good boy magazine (laughs) edited by Michael sweater and Benji Nate, AKA Caroline Nate. Uh, the contributors include Ashley, Robin Franklin, Bonnie Guerra, Sean Mack, Benji, Nate, Dalton Stark, Rebecca Kirby, Alex Crocus, and Michael sweater. Um, if you've, You're not familiar with any of their art styles. I suggest you pick this up because this is a really tight, visually stunning um, anthology. There's an interview with Gerard Way in here for some reason. I mean, okay, if Gerard Way wants to grant you an interview, then you take it, right, I guess. But the, the real joy of this thing is the comics. There's some sketchbook stuff, which is awesome. Uh, my favorite story was uh, written and drawn by Ashley Robin Franklin. It's the lead story that may have been calculated. I don't know. It's called Fairy Circles. And it's about a young lady whose crush goes missing while hiking. And she heads out into the forest to find her. And uh, clues lead to a fairy circle it turns out that fairies have abducted her crush and um have her mesmerized bamboozled she doesn't uh, realize that she had another life outside of the fairy circle and uh, it gets really disturbing in parts the uh, uh the fairies lure unsuspecting people uh into their circle and they later consume them as food. They keep them in hollowed out trees and just shear off parts of their flesh to to feed their uh their people. It's it's kind of nasty and kind of awesome. Uh there's a pastiche on a Yu-Gi-Oh card battle named Duel of Roses. Uh Cards of Fate by Bonnie Guerra, of course. Benji Nate has a, a strip in here and it's sexy as hell uh monochromatic spot color, just a uh, beautiful black line and a salmony yeah maybe a light salmon as the uh the accent color. Michael sweater's great. If you're looking for an anthology, we all love anthologies, don't we? Uh pick this up. It's a massive hundred and twenty eight pages on newsprint, magazine sized, slick clay coated covers, and it only costs ten bucks. It's perfect bound. It's insane the value that you get for this. Good Boy Magazine, Volume 2, America's best-selling comics magazine. Read comics or go to hell from Silver Sprocket. It's the greatness.
0: Yeah. Uh, in your travels, um, I've been... Uh, the, 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 the second season of Picard ended last week followed by the series premiere of Star Trek, strange new worlds, uh, um, which I will be watching the second episode when we are done tonight. Um, so I also, and I've been going through the first few issues of the Star Trek Explorer magazine, but I did read the second issue of Star Trek discovery adventures in the 32nd century. The second issue, first issue was absolutely fantastic. As you remembered, because it was all about the queen grudge, herself um the second issue focuses on adira who we were introduced to in the third season when discovery is sent into the future and um and and basically the issue is her backstory uh with gray her relationship with gray um and the events of her life on the generation ship um leading up to where we meet her uh, when she gives her backstory um, and how she was she ended up being uh, a host for a trill uh, so the issue is told from her point of view and what uh, what her life was like with gray and um, and the um, senator was the commander of the generation ship and he was he had met with Gray and was telling him that uh, I will um, that he's dying and that Tall wants Gray to become the new host for um, the symbiote and uh, we see a little bit of of that process and um, and then the accident the 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 explosion of the ship the damage to the ship we see and um and that Adira doesn't really remember much um, from when when she she recovers from the accident um, and and she ends up being the host there's just something it's between her memories and the, the symbiote's memories from all its previous hosts, uh, Adira—they're just not. Um, it's a, we basically get the explanation as to why they acted and behaved the way they did when we first meet them on on the episode in on, on Discovery, and uh, so the second issue was again we're getting to know the character, and then we're brought up to speed um, based on where they are on the uh on the show but it was it it's 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 a one it's a single issue it's 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 a done it one um same same creative team as the first issue uh mike johnson is your writer angel hernandez on art uh colors by uh jd metler but it's 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 a quaint little tale the next issue i'm looking forward to it's about detmer so i am um I'm stoked for that, but yeah, in your travels, Star Trek: Discovery adventures in the 32nd century.
1: Not that uh, you asked, but I thought Strange New Worlds number issue uh, episode one was terrific. I didn't ask because I know you dug it. Ah, um, oh, teach me how
0: to dougie. Oh, really good episode. I just, yeah, I, I think the the cast is going to be amazing. Uhura is so cute. I just, and what's yeah. great is that there's, there's, there's two characters on the ship at the same time that were both played by Majel Barrett on the original series. And, and cause number one and, uh, and nurse Christine Chapel. But I just, I mean, Pike is great. I I, I love that we're getting him fleshed out, um, we we're, we're we're introduced to spock's fian- reintroduced to spock's fiance, and uh of course we know how that relationship ended um but it it's i i just i i like the little little nods that we get from anybody who may have maybe familiar with the story or the histories of these characters but uh this new cast is just and crew um yeah, I'm, I'm I'm so psyched. I'm glad that uh, you know they're already working through the second season. I I may, they may have even finished it, but um but I'm just
1: yeah, I'm I'm so glad it's 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 a thing. And I'm Indeed. glad you dug it. Yes. Uh in your travels, I have a fun one to talk about. It is uh friend of the show uh adjacent. Uh shout out to Mr. Matt Koond, longtime friend of the show. We will be mm. seeing him in Charlotte. Uh, one of the the many legion of EOC familia that will be there, um, Matt. Um, and apologies, Matt, if you listen to this, uh, I, I I don't know if you have partners in this endeavor, so I, I should have probably looked asked you about that before. But but I know Matt, either of his own volition or with partners, has started a all ages uh, comic imprint called Ageless Press, and they have had several successful kickstarters to date that I have participated in uh, and I'm holding in my hands uh, a recent delivery of one such Kickstarter called Mossvale, M-O-S-S-V-A-L-E. And it is a 25 page comic, but it is uh, it's it's not quite Treasury sized, but but larger than a typical comic issue. So like kind of in between if 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 Treasury and eight and a half by 11 had a baby, uh, it would be this size. Uh, but it is a it is a comic per their description that is appropriate for ages seven and up, and I thought it was delightful. It is um, it's a it's a uh, <laughs> the best way to describe it is what if Richard Scarry drew a story set in the D and D universe? Um, <laughs> so. Uh, Travis Wells is the the creator of Moss Vale. He wrote the book, drew the book, lettered the book, colored the book. He did everything. Now, one thing I know is going to draw you two motherfuckers in because you were arriving, you were you were you're geeking out about this concept last week on a book. When you open up the inside cover, what is on the inside cover? A detailed map there of the land of Moss
2: There has to be a map.
1: Has to be a map. So, what is Moss about? Well, it is, uh, as I said, it's it's a fantasy. Uh, Epic adventure type of a situation, you know, your Lord of the Rings, your D and D, but it's more D and D because the main character is a mage, a little cute owl uh, in uh, in in a in a mage hat and mage robes uh, named uh, Nigel Who, and uh, Nigel, uh, you know, as as folks are wont to do in in a in a D and D or a fantasy realm, um, decides to go on an adventure. He's got a bunch of old runes and stuff and he opens up one and translates it and it leads and it's a treasure hunt. So he's like, I'm going to go on this treasure hunt, but I need to get, I need, I need some backup. So he goes to the local canteen and he recruits a, uh, a, a for hire, uh, a little, uh, a raccoon named Lucius marker. Lucius is an interesting character though, because like Nigel, who's a magician is, is hiring Lucius for his sword but Lucius is a bit of a scaredy cat. He's a little sus. He's not like, he's not everything he's cracked up to be. Now, he's endearing, but he's a little bit of a scaredy cat, kind of like your Scooby-Doo, like, you know, which isn't exactly what you want from your knight in shining armor. But 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 nevertheless, he means well. Uh, and then they eventually end up teaming up or partnering up with a, <clears throat> excuse me, with a, uh, a Siamese-looking cat um, that uh, goes by Mittens, the tiger slayer. Um, and, and and the reason I say Richard Scary is because all the characters in this are squat anthropomorphic characters, uh, and and, and it, to me I, I don't I don't know if Travis intended for this, but I like I just couldn't help but see like these look to me like the characters you saw in all the Richard Scary books uh, that I was uh, you know had the pleasure as I'm sure many people my age did of reading when we were kids. But um, Nigel and uh, and Lucius set out from town looking for an ancient ruin. Uh, an ancient, an ancient uh, where there's a treasure. They, uh, it's it's in a, a cave, and the cave has got uh, like this gigantic carving of a spider on it. So it's ominous to say the least. And uh, they go and they 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 find the, it's it's like a, a gemstone with a etching of a spider in it. And uh, Nigel has to do the old, uh, you know, like the the Indiana Jones switcheroo, where he's to counter find a new counterbalance, and you know how those things go. These counterbalance things never work out intended and uh and, and all of a sudden a bunch of uh of of spiders are you know attacking them and they got to fight their way out and it looks like the spiders are uh under the command of a a bat uh a bat person and uh his name is and I love it his name is Batias as in like Batias which I thought was clever <laughs> uh and you know they have a run in with Batias and uh you know they they uh they get the better of him but petias is 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 more like a, a a sergeant or a or a general in the army he clearly has someone he a master he answers to and uh we find out that that master's name is lord crowley uh as in crow and uh he's a he's he too is a mage um and uh and it looks like he in fact may uh, May know uh have a history with Nigel that uh, that hopefully we find out in future issues, but I thought this was really lovely it is super well paced and fun and, and again fairly simple premise one that if you 've ever read any fantasy stories it 's a familiar it 's a familiar setting, but I thought the characters were fleshed out well. I thought they had great chemistry. Uh, I really did like the visual juxtaposition of these cute little Richard Scary-type characters uh in this setting where you're 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 using magic and 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 fighting monsters, and um, I just think the whole thing worked, and uh, and and again, I wanted to shout it out because uh, I think we need more all ages, especially skewing for younger readers, type of material out there, and uh, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was well put together. Um, now, as often is the case with Kickstarters, particularly small press, um, this isn't like something you can get at DCPS or Amazon, at least not yet, but I did reach out to Matt And told him that I was going to mention it on the show. And asked him if there was a way that folks could get this that didn't pack the Kickstarter. And fortunately there is. Uh, He set up a Gumroad um, account for the book. So uh, you can find it at Ageless Press. So A-G-E-L-E-S-S-P-R-E-S-S dot Gumroad. G-U-M-R-O-A-D dot com. That will take you there. And there's two options. There's a print copy and a digital copy. So uh, whichever version floats your boat, uh, I'm sure they would be pleased with you to purchase either. But uh, yeah, definitely worth your attention. And um, this is the first part of an ongoing uh, epic. Um, Matt said that, uh, that Travis is hard at work on the second issue, and they are hoping to have a, uh, a crowdfunding campaign up within, uh, you know, hopefully about six months from now. So um, I'll be rooting for that for sure. Because I'd like to see more of this, but uh, I love when uh, I love when when, when uh, you know we we try and support creator-owned stuff as much as we can. But like this is true, true creator-owned stuff. You know, like one guy telling a story with, has a passion for it, and uh, and I think it should be celebrated. So check out Moss if it's up if this kind of thing is up a rally, particularly if you got the kiddos and you want to get the kiddos interested in comics. I think it's perfect for that.
2: Nice. And if you didn't get that URL that Jason uh, delineated, you can go to our website. 11oClockComics.com click on the uh, episode thread and it is in there along with the gallery and some show notes uh, we provide so go click, make with the clicky alright everybody thank you for being here with us once again patreon.com 11oClockComics, go kiss your loved ones buy a, read a lot of comics but most of all, say good nah. uh, alright It's like I was coming out of the grave with that one. I'm sorry. (laughs) I screwed it up, but that's okay. It's all right. It's all good. David. Hey, Dap,
1: you and Renee going to go see Downton Abbey this week
0: weekend? (laughs) Good night. No, we're seeing Doctor Strange today.
1: Oh, I thought you went and saw that. No, Sunday. Oh, I didn't look at the date. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay nice yeah we're uh I th- i'm i'm i think we're gonna go
0: she wants it to be a show she's like the hell with the movie david Listen, uh, i'll take
1: what i can get man
0: i know yeah that, that, that's that's <laughs> what i said but i'm like i i, I guess i told her i said i guess the movie did well enough where they're like hey we, we, let's 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 do it again so um i uh, yeah i would like to see what what they're up to i don't know if um dude lord crowley's looking mad thin
1: he gets uh, health issues right
0: Oh man, don't don't scare me, man.
1: No, I think he had some serious health issues, and I think he's passed them. But I think as a result, like he had to drop the LBs. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, we're Gotta out play of off the couch. yeah. We're out <laughs> of oh, here. Relax, Vince. What? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs>
0: oh my lord.
2: We're out of here, people. We love you. We'll bring you a sandwich next time and a drink, and we'll be here because tell them, tell them why. To find
0: some of you? Oh my
2: goodness. That's it for that one.